0: Thank you for downloading the Pursuit Podcast. For more information on the Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. Elijah said, this was uh, not an easy one for me. I'll get to why a little bit in a second. Uh, But man, yeah, it was, was, we've had so many conversations, not just with Elijah, but with so many different people. I I had to like go outside of myself because I had so much pain about it. Normally messages is like, God is breathing on something and I'm like, yes, I'm going to Take that and run with it. This is like, I just have tons of pain around it, and I need other people to help me here. And so it's a very different way of doing a message for me, and uh, hopefully it works. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a finished product on it either. It's, it's, it's been interesting. But first, before I, before I really get into it, I, I'm curious if I'm, if I'm alone on this. Maybe I'm alone, and I'll, I'll feel even more shame. That would be great. Um, but I'm curious, when, when people hear excellence is our standard, I'm curious what first comes to mind. I'm, I'm curious what first comes to thought or, and, and what, what feelings comes to mind for you. What do you begin to feel? And I actually need your feedback here, so I, I want you to shout it out or, or tell me who, who has some ideas, good or bad, good or bad connotation, I want to hear. Doing the best you can do. That's wonderful. Right. Shame. Joy. Joy. Yeah. That is awesome. Fear. Competition. Competition. Do it for God. Awesome. Striving. Any others? Striving. All, the ducks in a row. All your ducks in a row. Yeah, the, church face. Yeah. the church face? What do you mean by that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm not doing that. I swear. Anything else? This is so good. I'm, I'm so, I, I appreciate that. That's so real. I, I really appreciate it. There's, there's a mix here. And, and when I first hear it, honestly, it's like we've had all these conversations and my connotation is perfectionism. I get this perfectionism that it's like maybe 80% is like this healthy, really good thing that I'm like, yeah, I want to I strive to be my best, to, to go for my best. But then that, that 20% that's perfectionism and feels like religion really, really hurts. And I hate it so much. And so when I hear excellence is our standard, it's like, yeah, yes. But then all, these, all this weight hits me as well. And so today, I, I, I want to go through it and, and really start with perfectionism, what that looks like, so that we can just rip it off of excellence. Because they really are so different as I've jumped into this. But I'll say, like, even as I'm diving into it, I, I know the right answer now, but I still am working through it. It's still a journey. I still hear it, and I'm still like... I have to process the emotions because I get hit with things that I know aren't about excellence. But I'm still on a journey of this. So hopefully you can be on this journey with me. Honestly, I feel a lot of hurt in it. I feel a lot of fear in it. I feel a lot of shame in it. And I just want to break that off. So we're going to start with perfectionism. I'm going to really hone in on what this looks like and get pretty detailed on perfectionism because if we have a clear picture of that, we can rip it off. If we don't have a clear pi- picture of perfectionism, we won't be able to really rip it off and separate them. Because excellence and perfectionism are like rivals. They might look the same on the outside at times, but they are competing against each other. They are completely, radically different. And really, you know, if you think about it, a church culture, I, I think in church culture, there's either a culture of perfectionism or there's a culture of excellence. It's really one or the other. I'll get into why I think that, but I really do. And so when we walk in on a Sunday mornings, it is so important to me that we lean into a culture of excellence and not a culture of perfectionism. So um, perfectionism, I'm going to lean on Brene Brown for some of these things. Um, And John Wooden really helped me, but Brene Brown first. She says this for uh, perfectionism. The definition that best fits the data is that perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect, live perfectly, work perfectly, and do everything perfectly then I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. Are you getting this? If you do everything perfect in your life, if you're great at everything, at least in perception, then you can avoid judgment. You can avoid feeling less than. You can avoid rejection if you do everything perfectly. Or at least you appear that way. It's not true character or reputation. It's, it's about reputation, how you're perceived. So perfectionism is not on self-improvement. It is, about, it is about self-protection. Perfectionism at its core is trying to earn approval and acceptance and avoid all the negative feelings associated with that. And you have to be perfect and perceived as perfect to be loved and accepted. And so when I, when I see that creeping in, I hate it. I absolutely hate it within Christianity. It's one of the worst things in Christianity that's slithered and made itself in. But it's not really in God's heart. So, um, <clears throat> perfectionism is rooted in the belief system that if I am good enough, I will be accepted and loved. If I am good enough, I will be accepted and loved. And that's so counter God. Yeah, thanks for saying that. It's true. It's so counter God. It's so counter to his heart. And yet, how much of us have felt that so deeply, so strongly that the reason I don't feel loved by God right now is because I'm not good enough. The reason I'm not accepted and deeply connected to God right now is I'm not performing well enough for him. And it's perfectionism within Christianity. A few characteristics. Again, I'm just going to hone in on this so that we can have a clear picture, rip it off of excellence, and receive something that's truly something that's amazing. It's wonderful. Number one, um, self-worth is attached to everything in perfectionism. So good or bad, everything is related to your self-worth. Mistakes are personal defects. Perfectionism really is the result of too much of our identity being tied to achieving external outcomes. It's getting caught up in this dangerous belief system that says, I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. I am what I accomplish and how well I accomplish it. It's very black and white. Either you are perfect and you are great at it, or you're an abject, worthless failure. There's really no in-between. Either you you meet the standard and you're valuable, or you haven't and you're worthless. So, it's it's tied to self-worth. Number two, um, it's really motivated by fear. Perfectionism is a form of fear. It's this fear of failing. It is a fear of what other people think. It's a f- fear of not being good enough. Fear of not being loved. Fear of rejection. And because of this fear, like I said, it is a form of overprotection. That I'm going to do everything in my power not to experience judgment. As fear. Ah, I'm, just, I'm afraid that if anyone sees too much of me, they'll see that I'm not good enough. So I have to protect myself. And it really turns into not really showing up. I'm not going to do nearly as much. I'm not going to be on the stage because I could be judged. I could be shamed. I could be seen as, yeah, anything other than perfect. And so I'm not going to step out. I'm not going to risk I'm not going to go after the things that are on my heart, because what if someone judges me? What if I'm not absolutely perfect at the things that are on my heart? Why not just hold that back and be perceived as perfect? Because that is a lot safer. And so the things that, the amazing giftings that are, that, that God has placed inside of your heart, the amazing person who God has created you to be, gets held back because what if you step out and you're judged? What if you're stepped out and you make a mistake? What if you're not absolutely perfect at the things that are important to you? That hurts. That hurts even more because it meant a lot to you. It's hard. It's really hard. Perfectionism. Is destructive in nature. It destroys yourself and it destroys others. It's a horribly harsh self critic. Horribly hard self critic. And it will judge anything that's not perfect, including people. Ouch. Has anyone been hurt by this? been really hurt by it. I, 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 I put that on myself. As I've been going through this, I, I like, it's odd because I never related to being a perfectionist, but then going after this, I, rela- I realized I have a lot of perfectionism in my mentality. A lot of these things, oh, I struggle with. I'm working and I'm on a journey and I realize I have a lot of this mentality that I'm trying to break off. It's it's unfortunate because it hurts a lot, and it's painful. There's so much fear, so, much, so many negative things on it. Finally, um, perfectionism Perfectionism is about perception. Um, again, it's wanting to avoid blame, shame, judgment, and all of these things, and that is all kind of external. It's not really the character of what's going on inside of you. It is, it is trying to control the outside perception. And so, do I appear like that? Do I at least appear like I have it together on a Sunday morning? Do I at least appear like I'm a good Christian? Because if I appear like it, then I can avoid feeling rejected from it. It's all about appearance, perception. What's really going on, that doesn't matter. But it's the fear of perception. Is this making sense? And again, We put that in in the Christianity, and again, Sunday mornings, yeah, you put on your face, and it's it's about your reputation, not your character. And it's really the success is in the hands of others, which becomes really powerless really quickly, and there's a lot of fear in that, constant fear, constant shame. Lastly, um, it's an addictive belief system. Brene Brown says this, perfectionism is addictive... Because when we invariably do experience shame, judgment, and blame, we often believe it's because we weren't perfect enough, rather than questioning the faulty logic of perfectionism. We become even more entrenched in our quest to live, look, and do everything perfect. And I've I've felt that deeply over the course of my life. Where instead of just blaming, oh, man, I have this mentality of perfectionism and that's the, that's the problem here. I say, no, I failed. I'm the problem. I'm not good enough. And the level of shame and fear and hurt that I put on myself because of that is intense. Super intense. A lot of pain there. The problem, one of the problems with that is the person, the only person to truly walk perfectly in this life was horribly rejected. The only person, Jesus, who walked perfectly in life was judged like crazy, was rejected, was shamed, and was murdered for being perfect. So it's going to happen. <laughs> it is, it's just written in our humanity that we will experience judgment, that we will feel shamed at times. Where we feel like if we step out, we're going to feel that. And we can try and control perception, but we still feel that at the end of the day. Because even if you try and control perception, you know that's a fake reality of yourself. And you don't feel loved or deeply connected. It's impossibly, impossible to feel deeply loved and connected in perfectionism. Because it's a fake person. It's not the real you. So that's, um, that's perfectionism. Isn't that just wonderful? <laughs> I just love it so much. Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And, and again, when we talk about excellence... This is like crouching at the door, ready to just pounce in. And and I feel it. It's something that just happens to me. I'm not trying. I know that's the wrong answer, right? I can know it in my head, but it starts to happen. I feel that fear. I feel this this thing from my past because I've had my own journey of trying to walk out of that and break out of that, especially within Christianity, because I, I hate it. I hate it. Perfectionism, to me, has such a strong connotation to religion and the law. Such a strong one. And I believe it's one of the biggest dangers in Christianity, is letting perfectionism in. It's one of the greatest dangers. And so I'm passionate about it. Because when you let just a little bit of perfectionism into Christianity, it destroys everything. Exactly. You should just come up and, <laughs> and preach has been a real problem with me. Oh it's it's man a little bit of perfectionism and our, our our challenge over sin is is law right away. A little bit of perfectionism destroys the whole culture at church where you can't be real and authentic. You can't be safe. A little bit of perfectionism, and you're not safe. You're not safe to have problems in church. You're not safe to have weaknesses. And you're not safe to even be human in church. I hate that. I'm so passionate to break that. So passionate to break them. Because I've, I've felt so much hurt, right? Like, and no, one, no one preached perfectionism when I grew up. No one preached it. And there's no one, as I was thinking about, it, there's, there's not a single time where I'm like, someone just came to me and was like, Daniel, it's, always, it's all, all about being perfect and you have to be perfect to be loved, accepted, and valuable. No one said that. I just felt it. I don't think it's anyone's fault in my life. I, I, don't, I can't blame anyone. But I just, somewhere along the way, I grabbed hold of that. And it caused so much pain. So much pain with others that I didn't feel loved and accepted. Because I didn't feel safe. I had to put on a fake version, and that fake version could never feel love. Ever. and so I never felt loved or accepted deeply that we can and that's with others and then I, I, I brought it to my relationship with God and I was never enough I hate that he was always disappointed with me there was so much sadness, so much hurt so much anger at myself of like why am I not enough, I'm trying God I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm never enough. I'm never enough. And then after, <clears throat> a few years after high school, I was in my room. I was feeling the weight of this, right? And there was, there was this message that really did change the course of my life. It didn't heal me in a second, obviously, I'm still walking this out, but it changed the course of my life because it it brought this vision of, of realizing God's not a perfectionist. He's not, at least he's not in perfectionism. He's perfect, obviously, but he's not in this mentality of perfectionism. And it was this message on the grace of God, a powerful, powerful grace and it was the first time I really heard it preached in this light. It changed the course of my life. It was this New Zealander. And I can still, I can, I can hear his voice. It was so distinct. I'm not going to be perfect at his voice this morning, but I'll try my best in excellence. <laughs> this New Zealander. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember it so clearly because he, he started preaching on the cross and what it was like before the cross and what it's like now after the cross. And how he was describing before the cross was everything I had felt. Everything I had felt on perfectionism and God being a perfectionist, that's what I felt before the cross, right? And then after the cross was this this wave after wave after wave of just letting that fall off. And he'd have these lines of, you know, before the cross you were a sinner, but after the cross you're a saint, before the cross your absolute best your your righteousness was as filthy rags but after the cross you're clothed in his righteousness wave of freedom you know before the cross I I remember this so, so in my head it's not perfect but I'm doing my best it's a picture of excellence here (laughs) before the cross (laughs) you had an F for every single day of your life but after the cross you get his perfect (laughs) I it's A his perfect I I'll take it I'll take it It it, it just, wave after wave, it was one of the first times where, I'm sorry for getting emotional. I I feel, I just, man, it hits so deeply within my heart. It was one of the first times I just felt so loved and accepted by God right where I was at. In the midst of mistakes, in the midst of not being perfect, just showing up right as I am to God and feeling his embrace. And it stirred up such a passion to obviously run deeper, deeper and deeper into that reality of his grace. But it also just created this passion of just hating perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, what, this is what comes up for me. And I just want to break off that perfectionism. You know, it's, it's interesting, like, <clears throat> if you see someone stagnant, a Christian stagnant. Um, this is my opinion in this. I, you're welcome to disagree with me. I think it's it's a piece that could be debated. But this is my opinion in that if you see a Christian stagnant and you think it's because of grace, I believe it's because grace didn't go far enough. It's not because of grace. And I say that because of the verse We love because God first loved us. Well, I was in a place where I knew the love of God, but I didn't know it. And his perfectionism and believing that God was a perfectionist, I could not receive the unconditional love of God in that place. And so the whole we love because God first loved us, well, I didn't feel him first loving me. Because I was in, I wasn't perfect yet. And so I, I just, it's my opinion that the message of grace needs to hit our heart, yeah. needs to go deep enough and hit our heart to say, you're loved right now. And it's that level of love that actually empowers our excellence, that actually empowers our love for the world. It's my opinion. Okay, because, see how I'm doing on time, because when we truly receive the message of grace, I think it just stirs up this incredible thankfulness, this incredible joy, this incredible freedom, this incredible love that actually empowers and fuels excellence. So is that a good picture of perfectionism? Can we just rip that off right now? If you relate to that, please rip it off. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So now let's, let's lean into excellence. Um, hopefully we have time. What is excellence? For me, it's a little bit hard to just say it in one sentence, cause, so I'm going to try and piece it together with a few different things. Um, but I'll start with this. It's doing your best in every situation. Doing your absolute best in every situation. And really being able to just ask the question, after you're, after you're done with anything in life, did I give it my best? Did I give it my all? Pretty simple. Key component in that, it's not the result. It's not the result. It's how you're going about it. And that's really important because it's the pursuit of excellence is about the journey, not the destination. It's really not focused on the end result at all. That seems kind of counterintuitive to me, right? But it's really not, it's not about the result. It's how you're doing it, how you're going about it. And that changes from season to season. Me giving my all changes from season to season. With little kids, we have less energy <laughs> for all the other things. Like I, there, There's things I want to be really great at right now that it's just not the season for it. But when I'm there, I want to give it my, my all. And and everywhere I find myself, I want to give it my absolute best. That's the heart of excellence. And it can't be about reputation at that point because no one knows what your all is. No one knows the season that you're in. No one knows what that looks like other than you and God. And so it's just between you and God. And it actually becomes just a connecting point with God in the beautiful journey of life. Hey, God, let's do it together. Let's go on this journey together and give it our all and give it our best. So it becomes purely you and God. He knows, He understands. And there's a regular devotion to doing your best. Um, There's a regular devotion to personal growth and learning and continuous improvement to do better and better. But it's not focusing on that with perfectionism, it's not focusing on the end result, it's not tied to your self worth. And it's not motivated by fear. All right? Really important. Because again, let's not let perfection... As I'm talking about excellence, don't let perfectionism creep right back in. That's what I'm struggling with, to be honest. But I'm doing my best. One of the best pictures of um, excellence that really helped me was was John Wooden. How, How many people have heard of John Wooden before? Okay. John Wooden was this... NCAA men's basketball coach. And objectively speaking, he was the greatest of all time. I mean, I, I looked up, I researched some of the other college uh, coaches, and and it's like, so how many championships they won of the top 10? The top 10, are they're all Hall of Fame coaches. Most all of them were at two or three championships won. Like, so it was... Three through ten, it was like two or three championships won, which is like Super Bowls, right? They won two or three Super Bowls, which is phenomenal if you if you know sports. That's phenomenal. Number two on the list was Coach K. I can't pronounce his last name very well. I'll just say Coach K. Um, he had five, which is insane. John Wooden had ten. He crushed it, crushed it. Results wise crushed it. But if you asked him, he would almost never use the word won or winning. He would never use it. He's kind of like the opposite of Charlie Sheen in that way. (laughs) But he would never say winning. He just wouldn't. And he has this quote, never mention winning. My idea is that you can lose when you outscore somebody and you, you can win when you're outscored. Because to him, it was about, did you give it your all? And if you gave it your all in the game, you won. If you didn't give it your all, maybe you didn't. That was his understanding of success. It's a great picture of excellence. He said, I wanted the score of the game to be a byproduct of the other things. And not the end itself. It's amazing. This is the coach that crushed it, that won more than anyone else. He wasn't focused on winning. He was just focusing on is each player giving their absolute best. That's what's important. It's so cool. There's this moment where reporters, I, I think it was, I'm gonna get the story a little bit wrong, so this is this isn't perfect. I'm doing my best though. So <clears throat> Here's, here's my understanding of the story. Reporters, I think it was when he was retiring, all these reporters came to him and they had this question. They said, John Wooden, who is your greatest player? Who is your most successful player of all time? And, and they were kind of debating between them, themselves. Maybe it's, it's Bill Walton or, or, or maybe it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and went on to be these Hall of Fame basketball players. And he thinks about it and he, he responds with two players no one knew about. And they were, they were like, "We don't need, they had to like look up these players. Who are these players?" He says, "Well, those were the two most successful players because both of them didn't earn scholarships. They were walk-ons. They had to work their way up. And they, neither of them had great stats. But he said, "You know what? they, they gave it their all." And they're the ones who, who got closest to their fullest potential because of their effort, because of giving it their all. So cool. He has this quote. Success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. And really that success is just this peace of mind and satisfaction of knowing you gave it your all. End result, doesn't matter. If you know that you gave it your all. Isn't that cool? That really helped me understand excellence. A few characteristics, just so that we're we're on the same page. internally motivated. Excellence is internally motivated. When you pursue excellence, you are fueled by personal satisfaction and peace of heart rather than seeking recognition and praise from others. Brene Brown again says this. Striving for excellence is rooted in the belief that my accomplishments do not define me. My accomplishments do not define me. I derive fulfillment from the process of pursuing what is meaningful to me. She again says, striving for excellence is fueled by intrinsic motivation, the desire for self-improvement and personal growth. When you pursue excellence, you will be fueled by personal satisfaction and peace of heart, knowing that you gave it your best to what is meaningful to your heart. Hmm. This one's really important to me, that it's internal motivation, because again, I'm so passionate not to let this creep back in. This monster from the past, this monster of perfectionism. If it's not internally motivated, it becomes about perception really quickly, and it becomes about reputation really quickly instead of just your character and giving it your all right where you're at. So it kind of brought up this question kind of as we were talking, how does it get on people's hearts? How does it really become meaningful to you and, and something that is an internal motivation, something that is like, if I go after this, there's so much joy and there's, there's so much satisfaction on, on making progress. How does it actually become something that's in our hearts? And I don't know the, the best answer for that. I have a few ideas, one being that I, I think there's, there's things on our hearts that we know that are there that are in the back of our mind somewhere That maybe in perfectionism we've placed on the shelf because we're afraid. And we have fear of failure. And that being tied to self-worth, if we actually go for what's on our hearts, if we're actually seen for what's important for us, we could be crushed. And so there's some things that maybe when you think about it, "Eh, that's not on my heart right now. It's not meaningful, but it would be if you went for it. So sometimes I think it's that. And sometimes I think we need just community. You know, like I, I want to love deeply. But I'm, I have blind spots in that. So many. And I need community to say, hey, Daniel, I, I feel hurt in that. Like when you did that, it, maybe it wasn't my intention, but I didn't know. Right? And I, have a, I, I strongly want to deeply love people. But I get it wrong, and I miss, and I need community to say, hey, look at how this happened. And that, even if it's hurt and it's sadness and it's guilt that I did this, can turn into internal motivation. I don't want to do that again. And so maybe it's not on our hearts, but it should be. And so there's, there's things that, that can be in our heart. And I, I think the last thing I want, I want to say on that is, I think as we pursue just this life and and this life with God, revelation can stir up things on our heart. And so there are things that should be on your heart that aren't yet. There are things that should be in my heart that I'm internally motivated that aren't yet, and there's almost a discovery that needs to happen for all of these things. Okay, is that a little complicated? Okay, I don't know. It's a little complicated to me, but... I'll get there. Brene Brown, finally on that. The striver of excellence is resilient and anti-fragile because he or she uses criticism and feedback to grow and improve. Again, when we're using community, we need community for healthy feedback and not using that as, oh, I'm not, now I'm less valuable. But as I, no, man, I want to I meet that need. Does that make sense? Okay. I'll be quick with these last ones. Um, In excellence, there is joy. There is joy and satisfaction. Again, when you look back to perfectionism, there's really no joy in that. It's just a weight, right? It is this weight of I have to try and control people's perception, and there's really nothing. There's not a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling in that. But when it's truly you break that apart and it's left with excellence, there really is a joy And seeing, wow, I can see more of who I've been created to be. I can see more of the gold that God has put inside of just how he's created me to be. There's a joy in that. And there is a joy in being the the best gift possible for the world. Okay, excellence helps us learn and grow. Perfectionism cannot be wrong so it can't learn. (laughs) (laughs) excellence has more joy in learning than in knowing the right answer I remember someone telling me they were like I want to be the best at questions and not the best at knowing the right answer I was like wow I don't relate to that at all (laughs) I want all the right answers but I saw the wisdom behind it I was like wow that sounds amazing I, I don't relate I want all the right answers But I think excellence does. It has this joy in the learning because it's not tied to self-worth of like, you have to know it. And I felt this as a kid. I have shame in sharing this story and fear in sharing this story. But as a kid in school, I had such a hard time asking questions because I felt shame or like a weakness that if I don't know the answer, I feel less than. And so I rarely ask questions, and that's this perfectionism. But excellence is, there's this joy in the learning process. So much joy. Excellence never arrives at the destination, but continually is learning and continuously wanting to grow. And I think this, um, unfortunately, I have, I have a lot of guilt on this one as well, of it becomes a massive lid, even in Christianity, of what we know and walk in. And an a example of that is <clears throat> knowing, um, knowing the love of God to a perfectionism, imperfectionism. I know that. I know that God loves me. I know the right answer. If you ask me, I know. I know all the verses to it, and I can tell you. God loves me. And it limits, it puts a lid on how much you feel it in your heart. How much you're walking in this awareness of how much he actually loves us. See, excellence doesn't know the right answer. It's it's asking the right question. God, how much do you love me? God, how much do you love me today? God, how much do you love me? And that's just one truth that we know of. How many are there in Christianity that we, we put a lid on because I know that. I know that already. Excellence really learns so much more. Excellence is really active and bold. Um, <clears throat> perfectionism and perfectionism is it's not nearly as active because, again, if you step out, you could be judged. Again, if you're working on it, you could be judged. If you fail, you could be judged, so let's just not even try. Let's not step out. Let's not be active. Let's not risk. Because if I fail, I'm failing my whole identity. I'm putting my whole self-worth on the table if I fail. So let's just not do that. Let's just not try. Brene Brown has this wonderful quote. I think it's beautiful. And she has this 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 word that really resonates with me, and John Wooden has this same word. It says this. Striving for excellence is a form of courage. Striving for excellence is a form of courage. It involves taking action towards worthwhile goals in spite of judgments and opinions of others. Excellence is a form of courage. John Wooden has this quote, success is never final, failure is never fatal, it's courage that counts. And it paints this picture of the arena, do you have the courage to step into the arena? And perfectionism won't, perfectionism will just, no, I could, I could risk it, I could risk who I am in the arena, and excellence says, I got to step in. Excellence has the courage to say, it's worth it. If I fail, I'll rise up again and I'll learn from it. And I will fail. I will make mistakes. But I'll learn and I'll be in the arena of life. And that is so important for the identity that God has created you to be. Because there's so much to who you are. And if perfectionism is withholding who you've been created to be, that is so sad. So, so sad. We'll get to that in a second. I want to make this official with a Bible verse. Here we go. Here's just a great verse as we lean into excellence. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. But again, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. It's a great picture of excellence, leaning into that. And like I said, um, it, it doesn't, I'll say this. If you don't lean into it, you're still loved and accepted. And that's really an important piece because I don't want perfectionism to creep right back in because that's destructive. You don't have to to be loved and accepted. And I hope that on Sunday mornings we feel that in our culture. You don't have to. But you have so much beauty inside of you. Like God is an amazing artist and his greatest masterpiece is you. And there's so much potential inside of each and every one of us that is untapped. And unveiling that doesn't happen in perfectionism. It happens in excellence. Unveiling that. And Janet, she's not here this morning, but when I was talking to her and going through the process of understanding what excellence is to her, one of the things that really resonated that she said is, um, it's a gift. It's a gift. And it, she, she had this story of when they gave purses away and wanting to give the absolute best gift for those people. And, and not wanting to give the, these gifts that are worthless, but wanting to give the absolute best. And it, it hit my heart in that, wow, I want to I give the best I can. And it's not just for you. It's for the world around you. And Romans... Romans eight nineteen says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I'll read it again. For the creation waits in eager expectation, not for God, which is weird. It waits for the children of God. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not just the children of God because we are children of God, but it's the children of God to be revealed. It has this connotation where we're here, but are we revealed yet? Is our potential revealed to the world and who God has created us to be? Are we truly revealed all the way? And I would say excellence is the, about the process of unveiling that amazing gift of who we can be to the world. Because there's so much of who you are. And again, enjoy the process with God of unveiling who he's created you to be and the goal that is inside of you. Amen? Yeah. All right, why don't you stand with me? Most times um, most times I, I like to ask questions and make it really between you and God. This time I felt I felt this, this thing from the heart of God that say, "No, pray over them. So I just want to pray over you. And if you relate to perfectionism, I want to pray over you. <clears throat> so first and foremost, um, <clears throat> God, I, I just pray. I pray for a culture that has zero perfectionism on it. I pray for Sunday mornings and our entire lives as we connect with those around us in this room and outside of this room, that there would be zero perfectionism. I pray that we would understand grace on a deeper level, a a way that would hit our heart, that we are loved and embraced right where we're at. That it's not about the end result. It is right where you are at. You are loved and you are accepted and you don't have to do a thing to be loved by God and I pray that that would be experienced. You don't have to be a, do a thing to be loved by the people around you even in this room. God, I, I pray that you would destroy Perfectionism from our Christian experience. But again, you would feel, we would feel your Father's heart, your embrace, even right now. And I, I, I pray that you would help us in the journey of embracing that. I'm in this journey. I'm not there yet, honestly. I pray that you would bring awareness when we need to process emotions because we're feeling perfectionism. Help us process emotions and lean into what excellence really means. And I, I just pray for a joy to hit us in our journey of excellence and excitement knowing that, man, you created amazing things inside of us and there's such a wonderful journey of giving it our best in the learning process, but I pray for courage. I pray for courage. I pray for courage. God, fill us with courage. Fill us with courage. Fill us with courage courage for the things that we know are inside of our heart, but we've dropped. Give Give us courage in those areas, Lord give us courage to to get feedback in community and press into what should be meaningful in our hearts. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for who you are. We love you so much. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hey, have a wonderful day. Go Niners. I'm not a Niners fan, but I want your support. It's about perception here. Thank you for listening (laughs) to the Pursuit Podcast. For more information about the Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.